Hello and welcome to the 19th episode, I've been doing this for, for quite some time now, of Cognitive Urbanism. Uh, my name is Justin Hollander and I teach urban planning and design at Tufts University outside of Boston. I'm really just uh, happy to have you joining for today's podcast. So there's a lot kind of going on in the world of planning, design, technology, but there's one area which I wanted to spend some time talking about today, which might not be on the top of your mind, but uh, about a month or so ago, this is a, a topic that made a lot of news, non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Well, you may have read and heard about how artists, digital artists, were starting to sell these non-fungible tokens, these NFTs, and making a fortune. Tens of millions of dollars they were selling for. Um, it's not just that, it's also baseball card companies, the uh, National Basketball Association, NBA. The There's just been this kind of explosion of interest in this whole new way to kind of approach and organize the buying and selling of uh, different types of products, digital products. So this is really relevant today because when we're looking at uh, conventional kind of planning practice, the future is critical. We need to always be looking at the future is a critical piece of the future of information. So when so when I think about how planning practice is going five years, ten years from now, I think NFTs are going to be a big part of it. And so as someone who teaches future urban planner folks, this is really important to me. And I really think that my students need to know this, and so, so that that's something that this is something that's going to be kind of part of, um, kind of when I teach my classes, um, in the future. So, so what are we talking about here? Buying and selling of digital information. Well, I mean, it, you know, from the beginnings of bought and sold digital information software. Um, I remember going to stores as a kid, and you'd buy software, and it was on a floppy disk, and you'd put in your computer. Um, so that's really not that new. Um, you could you could even uh, if you had a used game, I used to play SimCity as a kid. Big surprise. Um, you could sell used games. So so that part isn't really different. But what's different is the lack of a centralized marketplace. The ability to be able to buy and sell digital products through something called a blockchain, which if you think about like accounting and accountants use a ledger. And so I have my ledger. I open up a, you know, Sheets or Microsoft Excel. Excel. It's a ledger. It, it records all the transactions. Well, blockchain is based on a distributed ledger, which means that everybody everywhere has access to this ledger. So when we're Thinking about the origins of um, cryptocurrency, blockchain is where it is where it all started. Bitcoin, 
is built on a distributed ledger. It's actually kind of like a funny area because uh, Bitcoin was uh, originally such a popular currency for criminals, continues actually to be quite popular uh, because of the sense or the misunderstanding that it's untraceable. But it's actually much more traceable. It's much easier to trace in many ways than, than conventional money because of this fact that it, it is every transaction is recorded in a public ledger. Now, uh, the, some of you may have uh, heard about a couple months ago the, the um, a Colonial Pipeline was hacked and uh, ransom was, was sought out in the, in the order of millions of dollars. Uh, pipeline paid the ransom. But recently, the FBI reported that they were able to, and they paid in Bitcoin, I should, I should add. Yeah, so the FBI was able to track down most of the money and was able to recover it back to the pipeline. Um, and and that, that really would have uh, been either impossible or it would have taken uh, months or years um, in, in the, through a conventional banking system. But but so the, these, this distributed ledger is, is recorded and monitored by everyone who can access the internet. So what does that mean for NFTs? Well, first of all, NFT, non-fungible tra- uh, token, it really is basically some sort of uh, unique item. It's uh, an item that can be something that maybe you took a photograph of something. You took the photograph and you own it. You, it's your kind of unique individual item. And so it can be bought and sold um, through its status as a, as, a, as a digital token. And so what the blockchain allows is for it to be recorded on the blockchain for everyone to see. And so that it establishes the chain of ownership going back to you, the original owner. Now, the other really interesting thing about uh, what's going on with this technology is, is Ethereum is, is a, really in many ways kind of a competitor to Bitcoin, another cryptocurrency, but it has built-in what are called smart contracts that record and manage when um, these, these uh, cryptocurrencies are transferred and under what conditions. So what the NFTs are, are, are doing is they're using Ethereum almost exclusively and they're building in ways to compensate the original owners of the intellectual property through some sort of a, a percentage, usually that's built into the the um, NFT contract. So it could be 10%. So, so if I uh, take that picture, original picture of a beautiful tree, I record it onto the blockchain. It is permanently stored there and it, it remembers that blockchain will record in perpetuity that transaction. And then I can set up using Ethereum, the, the smart contract, so that if anyone else, um, I sell it to someone, and if anyone else buys it from that person, I still I still get a, a percentage. I can retain proceeds. So this is, this is a phenomenal way for us to be able to um, come up with a new system to compensate uh, people who develop intellectual property, people who are uh, creative, creative people who are, who are d- developing new ideas and new artwork and new writing, 
Um, so, so this is where the the attention around the high priced NFTs, and then also attention around um, this this notion of a, of a playing cards, uh, d- digital playing cards. Th- those can uh, retain value to the original original people who whose image might be f- featured on the card. So, really powerful stuff. So, so what does this have to do with urban planning? I mean, so the same technology, the same procedures can help us better manage land records, which is something that the United Nations has been experimenting with in Afghanistan. The same blockchain can allow a city like Dubai, city-state like Dubai, to be able to better track taxation, better manage tax records. So, you know, if you kind of go back and look at the different ways that these kinds of uh, development processes, ownership records have been managed in the past, technology has shaped them and and, and has, has allowed them to evolve from original, very kind of coarse records using maybe rocks or maybe stones or beads, um, on papyrus, um, on scrolls, and 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 move to Excel records, databases, and and and, and this and this the blockchain um, and that NFT feature. This is really the future, and so cities and towns have a extraordinary opportunity as part of their planning to embrace the blockchain, to embrace NFTs, and 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 to, to try to find ways to improve the way that they manage information. And, and it's not just land records. There, there's really an unlimited uh, possibilities, set of possibilities of, of what we can do to reinvent how information is, is obtained, shared, stored, managed um, in, in, in a way that's going to help facilitate future development and planning goals. And I'm, I'm reminded of the opportunities for for this when I read about uh, the mayor of Miami who has been really pushing cryptocurrencies in general and, and really kind of trying to reinvent the the procedures that are in place right now for people to pay various types of fines and fees and taxes. So right here in the United States, in Miami, um, efforts are underway to, to, to do this. But I think, you know, for those of you who are interested in kind of being ahead of the curve and being able to anticipate these kinds of future trends, I'd encourage you to learn more. Uh, so I wrote up a little essay about um, NFTs for uh, Plan Edison. And so you can just uh, Google that. Um, so, you know, just a chance to try to, to try to lay out what might the uh, possibilities be and, um, and to really see what it's all about. I wrote a book. I wrote a book. I called it Essays on City Planning, Volume 1. Um, and that is really the first NFT urban planning book. And um, if you email me, I, I can I, uh, help you connect to learn more about it. Or you can just Google it. Again, that's Essays on City Planning, Volume 1. So, you know, really just trying to put out there some intellectual property that I, I own, uh, some of my own writing. Put it out there, and now it's part of the blockchain. It's available and can be um, 
can be accessed in perpetuity. And I'm actually having some conversations um, right now with some people at my own university's library um, because there's there's really it's not just urban planning, you know, but this kind of stuff is going to affect all domains of, of our lives. And and so so to be able to kind of be educated now, learn about it. Um, I'd encourage you to, to read my book, <laughs> read the uh, essay I wrote in Plan Edison, and definitely reach out. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your ideas about the future of information. So definitely be sure to subscribe and like and um, comment on this podcast. I'd love to kind of hear about your thoughts and ideas. Uh, oh, also, also I uh, just launched a new uh, Substack. Uh, I use the same name, Cognitive Urbanism. So if you want to follow that, um, you can subscribe and, and receive um, newsletters, e-newsletters in your mailbox. So good. Well, have a nice day and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Bye-bye.